What's up, Bike Rumor fans? This is your host, Anna Schwinn, once again commandeering the Bike Rumor podcast from Tyler Benedict. We're here continuing our pre-show series on the upcoming Philadelphia Bike Expo, coming up on November 2nd and 3rd at the Pennsylvania Expo Center in the city of brotherly love. Last episode, we spoke with Bina Belenke about the expo, what makes it unique, and her part in the show's big collaboration this year, the SRAM Frame Builder Diversity Scholarship. Today, I'm here with Brooklyn Fowler of SRAM, who helped to found and develop the scholarship from the industry side. If you don't know Brooklyn, you really should. As a wise man once pointed out, in an industry full of folks who are valued for making big waves, Brooklyn is a powerful undercurrent. In addition to being literally one of the most technically knowledgeable people in cycling on the planet, and a passionate agent in service and support for the mechanics and riders who use SRAM product, Brooklyn has been an effective champion for inclusivity in the cycling industry all along. For full disclosure, uh, Brooklyn and I worked together about 11 years ago, but they've been in the industry for, what, 20 years now? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm celebrating, air quotes, my 20th year in the bicycle industry. Started at a local bicycle shop in Chicago in 1999. Took a Cozy. summer job. Cozy. Took a summer job as a cashier. <laughs> thought this will be okay for the summer and I, I joke that it's like the longest summer job of, of my life so uh, still still here still kicking tires as they say that so you went from bike shop to did you go directly to SRAM from there I did I spent seven years at Cozy's doing essentially everything you could possibly do you know started as a cashier was upgraded to bookkeeping then helped with receiving purchasing uh help with accounting um kind of did it all ended up being operations manager and sort of hit the ceiling there and then went pro and then went went pro yeah i i i Fortunately, you know, SRAM's located in Chicago as well, so I saw that they had some jobs posted within the dealer service department, so applied and, and joined the team. So when I met you, I was just a, a baby design engineer at Zip. You were someone who was really important to my experience there. You were always someone who was amazing to talk to about the challenges that I was facing in the industry. My brother worked for you for a while, yeah. which is a whole situation. Yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> But it was amazing to work with you because I was such a passionate little product developer. You were you were this person who was just completely committed and obsessed with the customer experience and the dealer experience and the mechanic experience. And that's that's where your heart was. That's where your brain was. And it was just such a pleasure getting on the phone with you and going like, all right, so I'm designing this thing. What am I missing? And you were like right there. And you were constantly giving me feedback on product that was within my control that could be better. <laughs> well, it was so great to have you reach out in that way. And also in the same respect, like w running the warranty department at SRAM and do a service, people claim quite a bit that, you know, you're just riding along and, and things happen and a derailleur leapt off a bicycle and, you know, things like that are not necessarily realistic. However, there are expected failure or damage points on any product and you were super important in helping us understand like what was legitimate and what was something to be concerned about from an engineering perspective that was something that we, you know, may not have been privy to just being, you know, the average woman person on the telephone. The, the feedback that we got was super important to help also make our products better, but also just to help with the customer experience of, of any feedback that we got from any customer at any point. Mutual appreciation, love. <laughs> 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 
I was uh, I was talking in the opener about how you are perceived by a lot of people to be this really important undercurrent in the industry for just customer experience as a champion, as an advocate for inclusivity at every possible level within cycling. You know, you're somebody who is a touch point for a lot of people, but something that you've done within SRAM that's outward facing that the industry absolutely feels is you are a real champion for upping the game in terms of dealer support for product within dealer service at SRAM. Can you, can you talk about that and, you know, what that effort looked like? <laughs> I have to largely give, I, I, so I was, I was in dealer service for, for two years and then um, was promoted to manager for the department for about five. And I was given kind of the green light by senior management to kind of take it from where it, it had been to really try to, you know, just elevate it, do, do our best in um, supporting the customer. And that be both dealer and consumer, a consumer, of course, through the dealer. And uh, they really kind of let me run with whatever needed to happen. And it, it, they were super, really supportive. My philosophy in running the department was even though that I was a manager, I, I largely did not want to put my name out there because I felt that the department needed to, I needed to empower everyone there on the phone. So it didn't matter who you were speaking to. If you, if you called us, you'd get the same level of service across the board, a high level of integrity for a phone call and really just helping uh, an end user understand that they can be supported by, you know, with whatever issue they were having, whether it be just questions on tech or um, a concern with warranty uh, and really just trying to make it as, as smooth and easiest transaction as possible while also collecting enough information on our back end so that we knew where to uh, correct if necessary. And then in addition to, to that, one of the really exciting things for me being in the organization was any situation where I'd get to interface with like all of dealer service. You know, occasionally your whole little crew would come down to Indianapolis I just remember this group of people, they were really unique within SRAM. You know, they were substantially more diverse. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely didn't fit uh, at the time. And this is true. The organization was very competition focused and uh, exclusivity was valued, you know, from a from a product standpoint, you know, like the, you can't get this. It's so special, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was a very different time in the world in cycling and yeah. SRAM. Your team was just, they were great people. They were from the community. They could communicate. Uh, and they were all really passionate about solving problems, supporting customers, and just bikes. So what's what's been really great to watch over the years is how that particular crew has sort of filtered through the organization and like permeated every corner of it. So. It's super exciting. <laughs> I, I used to call it, you know, like a just boot camp essentially here because you you have to learn not only all of the product the, the history of, of all SRAM product but you have to know you know are parts still available you have to know how it all functions all the tech specifications where to find all the information if you can learn all this stuff you can literally do anything it's really awesome to see where people have gone up through SRAM and also the industry in general some folks have left SRAM which is always sad but it's awesome to see where they've really taken off in other aspects in the industry too so yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. It was a pleasure to work with everybody that, that I had worked with in my time there. So I just, um, I just exciting. remember duck pin bowling with uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Fountain Square. Willie Nelson. Yeah. yeah. That was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, so the other part of this, you are one of the most passionate people I know for handmade bikes. You're at NAVS, you're at Philly. I know that you would be traveling internationally to shows if you could, because that's the kind of person you are. Uh, can you talk about why you love this this segment of the market? Why is it so compelling for you? I love the, the prospect of living on top of a mountain and not having to interact with people in person and uh, building their dream cycling experience, uh, having really great Wi-Fi and awesome UPS delivery. That is my ultimate peak goal. But, but I also do love talking to consumers. I love talking about what people want to see on bikes. And I love that the hand builder market is something that can turn on a dime. As interesting and big as OEM, uh, like larger brands can can make interesting product, it's really fantastic to see how quick a small builder can really just kind of develop something, develop it, bring it into their own personal marketplace, and then also have that information shared within their industry. It's, it's really just awesome. It feels very organic, and it's and it's great to see the innovation that's coming directly from, from that end of the market at this point. So uh, you're passionate enough about this particular market that you've actually taken a frame building for yes. us, correct? You went to UBI. I did. Can you talk? Can you talk about that experience? Who did you build under? Uh, Ron Sutton actually is, was my instructor for Cromwell Brazing. It was something I'd wanted to do for years and years, and finally just threw down and went. I went with a coworker of mine, Nate Newton, and we both took the class together. Uh, it was like a two-week boot camp of essentially frame building from a tube to, you know, your finished product, um, learning tube braze in class and learning uh, a lot about bike geometry, why, how, for specification, how that kind of integrates. And that was kind of where I was coming from, from the bicycle geek slash perspective was to kind of see where, you know, we're a bigger corporation that, that creates parts and we have a specification and then... There are frame builders who have their frame specification and how do those two worlds kind of collide? And it was my, was super excited to learn a little bit more about that and, and how people decide and what better way to, to learn than to by doing. So having the opportunity to go to UBI was an awesome turning point. I'm a, I'm a very hands-on person. If I'm not working on a project, I feel like I'm going out of my mind. So this was super helpful for you me. You used to run with motorcycles too, right? Yes, I do a little bit. Yeah. Um, when I get, when I get tired of bikes, I, I work on, I'll move to my scooter, my Vespa. And then when I get tired of my Vespa, I move to a motorcycle. And then by that point, I'm relaxed back into bikes again. So, back to bikes? Yeah. Back. It's full <laughs> circle. Yeah, two wheels all the time. Oh my gosh. So I have to ask you yeah. from the perspective of somebody who has screwed up plenty of bike design and say there are a lot of ways to screw up a bike and people at components companies like SRAM and other places, uh, like to like to sometimes give you shit for for not designing interfaces as well as as you could. Brooklyn, tell me, tell me about. I will, about I will never give at... you shit from, from my own personal experience. I will never <laughs> give you shit because I had this similar situation where I built this Nixty. I love this bike. It is pretty fantastic. Um, and but I did because of the the laterals coming down, and I wanted them to kind of like reach the axle but of course they can't because it's a disc brake bike so i have a curved little mini mini stay and the i currently have bb5 or excuse me bb7 brakes on the bike which i do enjoy they they're fine. they're fine they're pretty good they're 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 adjustable they're they're nice but they don't have an adjustable banjo for the cable so the cable routing is a little bit rough um coming out and like directly kind of down into the stay it's it's challenging it has a 140 mil rotor spec max in the rear just because I can't get in there to adjust the hardware properly. 
but harder than it harder than it looks huh challenging (laughs) you know a small mini tool to get in there but it's it's awesome learning experience and you know for somebody who's doing you know this stuff by hand it was it was pretty great to experience and and get it together and you know i love this bike so much so the last time the last time we hung out was at NAB's earlier this year. Yeah. Um, you were geeking out on my little data project. Yeah. You got to watch it sort of get filled in live, which was super cool, really cool because I could share my cool project with my nerdy buddy. We were talking about opportunities for inclusivity there. A couple months pass and there's a press release for the Philadelphia Bike Expo SRAM Frame Building Diversity Scholarship, yeah. correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, some magic happened there. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know uh, Bina's side of it, which is basically she's always just hustling to find uh, something new and exciting to get people stoked about bikes with. She's always looking for something new and fresh, new people to excite, new, new ways of including people. Mm. And she approaches SRAM and uh, you were, were feeling something similar. Yeah. Talk talk about where you come into play here because you were on the SRAM I'll side. go kind of back a little bit in time, but really quickly that, you know, after leaving dealer service, I ended up being, you know, pretty much the internet lurker here at SRAM. Um, I was the person who essentially was answering all the check questions and, and reach outs for, uh, for social media for all of SRAM's portfolio of brands. So it was a big job, a lot of, a lot of information, but also I just kind of sat and lurked and watched the internet uh, when it came to folks who were talking about product and the industry and what have you. So it's just kind of like a natural part of the job. And so you got to know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. So, you know, just anticipate. And and it was, it was super rewarding folks reaching out, asking questions, uh, largely tech questions, and it was a good time. But as part of that though, and experiencing some of the builder shows, you know, I, I, was lucky enough to go to Philly last year. It's a show that I've wanted to go to for a number of years, but haven't been able to being locked down on my laptop um, watching the internet. So uh, I was able to go last year and, and work it and got to meet Bina uh, professionally because of our booth setup at the show. It was, I particularly like really love the show because of some of the builders who choose this show exclusively to show. I really loved the kind of the floor plan or like just the, the size of the show in that, like it's a very diverse uh, floor. It's, it's, it's builders. It's, it's uh, some small OEs. It is some accessory manufacturers, advocates. advocates, artists. It was, it's really felt more to me personally as like a snapshot of the bicycle experience. So I really loved it. And I was super excited about going last year. Uh, and then this year earlier, we have been talking about what to do as far as supporting builders who don't see a lot of diversity when at these at shows where where builders are present. And part of this is is my lurking on the internet, but also part of this is a lot of the organic conversations we had um, at some of these shows of are like why don't why aren't the attendees more diverse? Like why like whatever that answer is, what is it that we can do to help? empower people to show up and show at these shows. And there was an opportunity earlier this year having a conversation with with Kay Paulson, the uh, SRAM Road brand manager, about how can we, you know, empower folks to to attend. If if one of those things is financial, if one of those things is support product-wise or ambassadorship or sponsorship, like how can SRAM step up and help get people to these kinds of events? 
and simultaneously kind of seeing uh, the internet and the requests and the support of Bina looking for, you know, WTF builders and looking for, you know, attendees and audience and, and how to build her show. I think they just timing was was really great having the conversation with Kate she subsequently had uh, a meeting with Bina set up I think a couple weeks after that so uh, it was kind of kismet and timing and and we kind of worked it out we were super lucky to to be working with Bina and and, uh, Philly Bike Expo it's I love the show this this scholarship what is it actually so SRAM uh, is helping to financially support four builders to come and show at the show. This includes helping them um, with lodging, helping them get to the show, and also helping them with product um, to show for the show. It can be expensive for someone to come and, and show their product. It's, uh, you may, could come with the frame and you know kind of hold it up in a booth, but booth space also takes some financial investment. And you know we have the tools to help someone um, with product and, and space. But we have a booth space there that's going to have four builders so they can talk about and show and represent their product and helping them by um, supplying some components to complement their build. A couple questions at this point spring immediately to mind. Having builders wear your product in your booth is not necessarily mm-hmm. an unusual practice at shows like this, correct? Right. Yes. We've uh, previously, you know, we purchased bikes from builders for um, this kind of show. Uh, a handmade show would have a handmade bike, and so we will uh, coordinate with the with a builder, come up with a, a plan, uh, and then showcase our product on a bicycle, so that we're not just a components manufacturer carrying a bunch of a suitcase full of parts in and saying like, "Isn't this cool?" Like you want to see it, you want to experience it, and you it, you want to see what it looks like. You know, showcase it as as it is intended to be showcased on a really fantastic and exciting build. So it's just it's just general practice from SRAM's perspective to basically put their product within the appropriate context for, for the event. Yeah, correct. Not unreasonable. Not, unre- Not unreasonable. I'm super excited about the fact that the builder will be with their product in the booth. A lot of times the builders will be perhaps at a show, but this is an opportunity for someone to be standing next to their product and talk about what it is and talk about why they did it. Uh, for those who don't, who haven't gotten out there, these are, are builders who have been building for, you know, some for a longer period of time than others, but you don't see them at shows and why not? They need to be there as much as anybody else does. And they're building exceptional product. It is awesome that they are going to be there. And I, I for one, am, I can't wait to be standing in a booth with these four builders just to get to talk to them about what they did and why they did it. These four builders are really exciting for all of their own reasons, from being new and really fresh in terms of their direction, to being just outstanding craftsmen, to being extremely innovative in their use of materials and process. Can you tell me about why you're excited to have these particular <laughs> I've been following a number of these builders for a while, and as many years as I've been at some of these um, handmade shows, I have not been in the presence of any of them, except for two. One, Julie Petalino, I did meet outside of a show. I I knew that her mom lived locally, and I knew she was coming through town, so I invited her for a tour just so I could meet her. She's super awesome, an amazing person, and and super fantastic, and the stuff that she is doing right now- Hell, a hell of a bike builder. Is crazy. Her, I mean, she started kind of crazy, pushing the envelope of, of what it is that the industry has been looking at for a while, whether it be, you know, color choice or or lug type and the stuff that she was doing by hand was nuts. And so what she's doing now is even more like off the charts. It's really fantastic. And I, I can't, I can't wait to see 
uh, her bolt of the show. Well, and a, a quick aside, you know, for our listeners at home, Julianne Petalino, her fine handiwork, what she can do with the jeweler's saw is just incredible. But then she bumped it up to this whole other level where she got into CNC machining and different processes as a result. And she's she's been working with steel and tie and doing some really interesting anodizing stuff. It's amazing to see the breadth of her work. Mm -hmm. And and I just, you know, for the past couple years, actually, when people ask me who's the fresh new thing to watch in that space, I'm like, Julianne Petalino, she's over in Kansas City doing her own thing and yeah. just kicking ass. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm so stoked, too. I'm like gushing over here. <laughs> <laughs> and the other, uh, you know, Megan Dean once sold me a pair of socks uh, at a trade show, and <laughs> I like it's in my my book of highlights of, of that particular show. And um, so I, I am I am very excited about all these builders coming together. Um, uh, Jackie's bike, uh, you know, it's funny because I've been following I follow a lot of builders on Instagram largely because builders like to well, share their technique. Oh, it's great! It's it's fantastic and. That's that's like my internet, my internet, my Instagram is largely it's like ninety five percent, you know, builders and Charles. <laughs> She's a great follow. A lot of uh, builders share technique. A lot of them share experience and um, do this kind of publicly, and it's really fantastic to see. Getting to be able to meet folks, these folks in person is is going to be a highlight. Oh my of gosh, my absolutely! And, sure. and I'm just so excited to have them all in one place. It was bananas a couple years yeah. ago when yeah. Daniel Schoen and and Julianne Petalino came in, and they were at the show at the same time, and it was like, oh, there's two of them. <laughs> And, and, yeah. and well, was, which is crazy actually, two of them right and that, that, that makes waves because two? uh julianne petalinos and i keep using her middle name okay. because i guess i'm her aunt <laughs> <laughs> so uh julie brought her apprentice beth with her who is now the proprietor of frontier bikes also in kansas city okay. so that That's was really good. cool uh that you had julianne with her her apprentice there and Danielle shown looking like she was going to fight someone in the RYB booth, but that's just who she is. <laughs> her trade show face that's is awesome. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you see her when she, uh, she debuted at Sacramento in 2016 on new builder row? I did not. Oh, so her mm -hmm. debut bike was this stainless sort of like welded and bilaminate thing. She had these like floating bilaminate structures off of her head tube, which she painted pink and made look like, you know, it looked like bubble gum just like draped all over her bike. And it was cool. And <laughs> she stood there in New Builder Row, you know, with her like big track legs, you know, like busting out of her shorts because like, you know, people like that can't wear pants. There are no pants for people like that you know, arms crossed, looking like a badass uh, for the whole show. And it was like, if I needed, if I needed a cheer up, I just kind of buzzed by there uh, to see Danielle posted up. But her, her work <laughs> is amazing. And uh, the last Philly Bike Expo, I remember the last one I attended, Paul Price from Paul Components was just like gushing all over her frame because it was so beautifully constructed and technical. And like the routing strategy was so good really clever and kind of organic <laughs> but like buds on a tree <laughs> mm -hmm. anyway so so back to this this the scholarship that's so exciting so you're you're gonna have the SRAM booth you're gonna have like four of my favorite builders there in that booth 
who are just rad people. They're there to be ambassadors to frame building. Uh, and they're wearing your parts. Yes. You're setting each of their bikes and their little areas up with their own little stories, correct? Yeah, correct. Cool. So why take that approach? What is that approach? Why are you doing it? They, they're they there for a reason. They're there to showcase themselves and to showcase their work. And so putting a nice backdrop of somebody riding down a mountain doesn't necessarily showcase their work. I mean, it, it could if, if it's their bike flying down a mountain, but why not have their story? Why not represent, you know, give them the voice while having the voice physically standing there, but also have the voice plastered behind them as far as who they are. It's there. It's important that they are here. It is, their representation in this field really matters. It is important to know that there is more diversity out there than, than what we traditionally have been seeing lately at shows. And it is uh, important to be able to help showcase that. Uh, it, it matters a lot to me. It, it matters a lot to SRAM. You've redesigned your booth basically for this show, which is a big investment. People don't understand the costs of creating booth for a specific show. Sure. It's not exactly cheap. No, so you've made you've made this deep investment. So what is success for you at this show? What is success for SRAM? Going back to representation matters, like if we're helping all of us, you know, everyone who's who who's there who either helped get these builders to the show, the builders themselves, most importantly, are able to influence someone who may be curious about frame building or curious about the bike industry or curious about building with their hands. If they're able to to bring that person into this world, I think that it's it's that's a win. No matter how many people are. I think that they're, I've always loved bicycles, but having even a small opportunity or somebody who's taken me under their wing or just showing them that it's possible, seeing that it's possible was super important for me and my, my bicycle experience, my bicycle industry experience, my. Well, I mean, so, so let's talk about that because representation and just supporting, supporting one another and in efforts, you know, and, and showing support, it is really important. And it's, it's something that was really important for me early on in the industry, which is why we're friends, because back in the day, it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as inclusive as it is now. And there's still a lot of opportunity. So if that gives you any kind of impression of what we were working with. For sure. We talk about representation. And I can tell you as somebody who grew up in cycling with that representation or who who had existed in cycling without representation it was really tough i couldn't see myself on the product and i didn't consider myself a real cyclist as a result i mean like what's your yeah. experience with that what do you tell people when when they get critical about representation uh being an important emphasis i think that if if you can see it, you can be it i mean that's ultimately that's it if it's there's a lot of us who have had to come up through the industry without seeing someone that looked like us or was accepted the way that we are now. And I think that, you know, if we're able to pave the way by being existing and doing an amazing job or the best job that we can possibly do. My feeling is that there's a lot more people that are like me and there's a lot more people who can, can do better than I can by just giving an opportunity and showcase and showing that they can. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I don't know. My, like, it's tough to talk about. It is tough to like, talk it's, about. It's really easy to go like a really negative place. Like, and I, it I, be, what, it what the be. listeners won't appreciate, I had to cut out a lot of negativity from this interview. It's tough to talk about. And every time you do talk about it, actually, uh, you're basically guaranteed that somebody's going to uh, shout you down about cool. how your experiences aren't real with respect to representation. Well, ultimately, they're, they're our experiences, right? And, and, Someone can shout as loud as they want to. It doesn't take doesn't take my experience away, you know. It certainly doesn't change it. It doesn't change it. It doesn't qualify it. It doesn't 
disqualify it. It's funny because I've gotten my wife into cycling, and so she loves it, which is awesome, because then we can still bike and I don't have to bike by myself. Um, But she doesn't (laughs) like calling herself a cyclist. Like, she doesn't believe that she's a cyclist. And we have this conversation a lot of it's like, you ride a bike. Like, you are a cyclist. You have, you know, you, you know what you like and you know how you like to ride. You are a cyclist. There's, that's it. You know, like you don't need any other qualifiers and it doesn't take, uh, nobody can take that away from you. You do it. You get on a bike, you know. And then you look at the Philly Bike Expo and something that Bina says that I just absolutely love is that she's got this belief. Everyone's a cyclist, whether or not they've ever ridden a bike before. She's so excited when people come to the Philly Bike Expo to get their first bike or to learn about bicycles so that they can look at making an investment. It's a it's a very different vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's not intimidating. It, it's very welcoming. I just felt my first time last year felt so good just kind of like walking out to that floor and just seeing, you know, the the different uh, spectrum of, of who was there and um, and the, the array of, of consumers and dealers that came into that show as well was was really exciting to have those conversations with folks just about, you know, from, from folks who don't, who have, you know, maybe written a little bit and know a little bit about SRAM product or product in general, how it functions to those who are overeducated to the point of them telling you or telling me how the new product functions, which is that's always my favorite. It's it's great to have <laughs> people, sure. I, but I do I love it. It's like like people are very when they're that enthusiastic about no matter what it is about cycling. Like I want to listen. I want to hear what it is that they that they have to say and what it is that they are excited about. It's the spark. It is the spark. You know. Yeah. Philly's full of spark. It you really- go to you go into some bike shops. You go to some bike shows, and there are just a lot of people there who. Almost in some cases, they can't even get the spark if they try because they've just they've just kind of like lost that that little that little kernel of excitement yeah. inside when it comes to bicycles that joy and it's so interesting and Philly's full of it yeah and it's <laughs> and it's always a diverse spark you know it's not just like always the newest and latest and greatest fanciest and most expensive thing it is it is a it is a wide array of what people are excited about and super exciting to have those conversations with folks there. Have you checked out the seminars at all? Oh. Like what, what are you excited about outside of the big red machine, as it were? Uh, uh, I'm super, I'm always super excited about any kind of tech seminar I can get into. I'm actually, I'm, I'm doing a tech seminar on access product and, and the application. Yes. Uh, we'll go into uh, a deep dive into the app and how to pair with computers and a lot of fun, fun things. So I'll be doing that. There is a, a frame fitters seminar that I'm excited about as well. I know that uh, Ann Barnes will be there. Yeah. I recently got a, my first official fit with her, which was an awesome experience, you know, as, as somebody. I mean, I mean talk, about, talk about a pro mm. in Chicago. Yeah. Holy cats. Somebody who's been around forever. I mean, she worked at. A... Uh, she was at Turin for a while. Yeah, was she at... was at Turin when I was a kid. Yeah. And where she went to a couple different shops most recently and has been, has her own in a fit studio now, which is, is awesome that uh, she was in within a dealer locally but uh but now is out on her own and my, my experience with it with her was was great she's solving problems she is solving problems and i'm excited for her to be able to talk to frame builders uh and kind of like those are two worlds that i don't think collide enough um and kind of my conversation with her we were talking about just uh it's almost like chicken or the egg you know like are you starting with a fit you're starting with a bike people are used to riding a specific kind of bike and and her expertise gets you in the right right position and the right location so you're you're not hurting yourself and enjoying your cycling experience so so we've got ann barnes in the the fitting seminar um we've got aisha giving her uh representation matters workshop which looks Mm -hmm. super cool yeah that looks amazing 
yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have a hard time trying to keep on task for yeah, work. That's for, for sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> How to be in all the seminars simultaneously. Yes. <laughs> Sorry ahead of time, Tyler. Um, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> we'll see if he listens to this. <laughs> I love Tyler. Tyler's the best. That's awesome. Definitely leaving that in there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? We talked for four seconds about Megan. We talked uh, about Julie. We talked about Danielle and Jackie. I had been following Jackie without realizing I was following Jackie. And uh, oh, tuxedo. Yeah, tuxedo. And that that's yeah. the bike that I was super stoked about. Like tucked in the back of my mind, and then you know, like knowing that that Jackie is and then this program is, I'm super stoked. Um, yeah. yeah, our new brand is uh, Untitled, and it's it's kind of high concept. I really dig it. We're going to be talking about that in depth, probably, maybe not next interview, but mm. the interview after, for sure. So you're excited about the show. I'm super excited about the SRAM Diversity Scholarship. I think it's going to be a hit. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the show, Brooklyn. I look forward to seeing you as well. Thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure. After speaking with Brooklyn, you really get a sense for the sync and energies between SRAM and the Expo in developing this project, as well as the intent and purpose behind the effort. This is a story about folks from different facets of the cycling industry coming together to celebrate frame building through elevating its broader picture. This is where it gets really cool. Up until the Philadelphia Bike Expo, I will be speaking with the immensely talented builders who have been awarded the SRAM Frame Builder Diversity Scholarship this year. Tune in next episode for the outstanding Julianne Petalino, a builder out of Kansas City specializing in pushing boundaries of material, process, and design. It'll be a good one. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. If you want more interviews like this, hit the podcast link on Bike Rumor and let us know who you want to hear from. And if you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's like air in our tires. It's what keeps us rolling. Thanks for listening, friends. You are all diamonds. Stay dry.